Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Welcome to Spanish Mustang Radio a show about the first horses in America, where we explore from the past to the present this breed from America's history. I'm Wynne Brookhouse, and with me is my fellow Mustang lover, uh, Jolie Alonji, who is running the controls. This episode is sponsored by www.arrowrockspanishmustangs.com. Today we're interviewing Sharon Petrovsky of Caballos de Desteños in Hot Springs, South Dakota. So how are you today, Sharon? Mm, Just fine, thank you. Good. Well, we'll just get right into the questions. Um, uh, I know you were very involved with the Soraya-type Spanish Mustangs. Uh, could you tell us about this type? Well, basically, it uh, it goes back to the what we, a lot of people would consider the first horse, in a way. It was the indigenous Soraya horse itself, was the indigenous horse of both Spain and Portugal. Many, many years ago, your Lusitanos, uh, Andalusians, even the barb horse of uh, South Africa all go back to the Soraya horse. Uh, there were many, many, many kinds of horses and ponies brought over by the Spaniards to begin with to the Americas, and uh, some original Sorayas and po- probably some Soraya crosses also were among these horses brought over and uh, they interbred with the other horses that they brought and the resulting horse was today's Spanish Mustang a lot of which still show the Soraya type and some even carry the uh, Soraya DNA which is our proof to our good because it helps us prove to other people that the Spanish were definitely here gotcha and can you explain for the radio public exactly what that Soraya type looks like? Well, they uh, first of all, they the original Soraya horse itself, and we still like to see it today in the Soraya Mustangs, came in just the two primitive colors, which are done in Gruya with linebacks and various forms of striping on the legs and the neck. They are tend to be a little narrower, leggier horse than some of the other Spanish Mustangs. <coughs> they had the uh, convex or, uh, Iberian type head, which some people still like to call a Roman nose, but most certainly is not. It's Iberian or Roman headed. Um, they have pretty good action. The way they're built together and put together gives them makes them a smooth ride. Uh, kind of elegant, in my opinion. Of course, I'm probably a little bit biased. Of course, yeah. But they are elegant. I oh, have, yes. Having seen the horses, they definitely have a regal bearing to them, I have to admit. Now, your involvement with breeding of the Spanish Mustang, did it start early in your horse career? 
yes, I first got my I got my first one in seventy four and I was breeding by seventy five. Uh, I started with just one, but nobody told me what all new Spanish Mustang owners should be advised. You can't own just one. They're kinda kinda like potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've been able to hold it just two, but sometimes it seems hard. So, I'm sure. Now, now, did you get that horse from the Breslons, or where did your first horses come from? Well, my first horse came from a lady in Colorado where I was living at the time, and it was actually a Gilbert Jones bred horse. <coughs> it wasn't until after I got her that uh, I heard from Bob Brislon and made contact with the Brislons and Went out to their ranch, and I put in oh, many, many trips out to the ranch since then. Now, you have mares, stallions, and your breeding stock for many years. What's the bond that forms between you and them? Well, it generally, if you just spend, it doesn't take a lot. Just spend a little time with them, particularly if they're younger. And... Uh, they're all friendly. They come up. They want to be petted. They want to see you. They like to visit with you. You don't stay long enough. They haven't seen you for a while. They will a lot of times follow us back out of the pasture. Uh, very friendly, people-oriented horses, really. I even have gone so far as to have a new mare bring her a brand-new baby up to me, which is Rule is a no-no. They kind of like to keep their distance between you and the new baby for a little while at first. They're very trusting if you don't do anything to blow the trust. Um, so as a breeder now, what what do you feel is important uh, when a buyer comes to purchase a horse? <laughs> well, I think for the sake of the horse, you need to know as much, you know, find out from the buyer as much as they're willing to tell you because uh, a lot of times people don't, uh, well, I guess the way I'll put it, don't have a lot of time to spend with horses. And uh, some people kind of tend to want to, uh, well, basically, a lot of people nowadays want to push button horse. That does not necessarily work real well with these horses because, they are very, very intelligent, and uh, you can't just uh, push them around, manipulate them like you can so many of today's man-made breeds. They take a little effort, a little time on your part, but you've got a pretty good partner if you're willing to put the time into it. I, I can definitely attest to that. Yeah. I've got two pretty good partners <laughs> They are definitely my buddies. Oh, absolutely, they are. It's pretty neat. I can just stand in the house and be doing the dishes or something and see them way out the other side of the pasture and just call their names, and, boy, there's two heads just turned right around. They want to know what dad wants. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've even had some that would have followed me right into the house if I hadn't shut the door and they (laughs) I've had a few of those myself. Yeah. I don't know if you guys ever saw, I know it was on the news a number of years ago, this one woman who, she just really loved her horse, and she just wanted it to be part of the family all the time. So she had her husband reinforce the floor and everything so that the horse was able to come into the house. 
you know, mm-hmm. and they would just let the horse into the house and, you know, hang around the house with them and stuff. So <laughs> I always wondered, now what the heck do they do with the horse poop and pee? Because horses don't exactly always say they want to go out to go to the bathroom. This is true, but then, you know, this is uh, actually how many people you know that have ever put an effort in trying to housebreak one. That's true. So yeah, we don't I really know. Too. Yeah. I do know that with my horses, when left with themselves and not left with the rest of the herd, you know, um, they tend to, like if you're sitting there with them and petting them and they have to go to the bathroom, they'll walk off, they'll walk away and go to the bathroom and then come back. Mm-hmm. You know, They won't just stand there and go to the bathroom. Uh, so they do seem to respect some sense of knowing that, you know, they need to be a, go away and, and take care of business. Well, let me ask you then, do you feel it's necessary for a person to own a horse then only if they're going to ride it? Oh, no, absolutely not. Some people just like to have them around, and I've got no problem with that, you know. Uh, I guess if I got to where I couldn't, for instance, if I got old enough and stuff I couldn't ride and do much with horses anymore, I wouldn't want to be in a position of just not having any, you know. I'd at least want some around. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, and bringing that up, we should tell listeners, too, that especially people who do have uh, the property or the space to be able to have a horse, because you enjoy them most if you have more than one, like at least, you know, two, and you've got maybe 10 or 20 acres that, that they can move around in, you know, that, uh, you know, the preservation of these is, is just as important as, uh, you know, just having them and, and raising them for riding or of breeding, so. Absolutely. Plus, which a horse is, they're a social animal. They're much, much happier and content if they have another horse. Yeah. Yeah. They do. Yeah. Yeah. The way I always say that is the less horses around them, the more you have to interact with them to make up the difference. You know, and I'm always glad I didn't have one because originally I had planned to just purchase one. And now seeing the difference over the years, I definitely understand why. They do at least have to have at least one other partner. Right. Now, what do you feel then is important information then for the general horse-loving people um, who need to know about the horses, about the Spanish Mustang? Well, that's a pretty big question, actually. There's, perfectly honest, most people out there don't know anything about them. A lot of people I don't even know that they are even aware that they exist. Oh. I agree. There's very few out there that that I've run across that, that that there's a difference between them and the feral horses of the BLM right now. Yeah, well, it's, so many people, you know, a Mustang is a Mustang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they don't have a clue. Yeah, and unfortunately for us, since the word is Spanish, it, it is, it's hung with the horses and we've used it. Um, and, and it does really describe the original meaning of the word I, better than the wild horses we see of today. But uh, people just don't really realize. They they think that the Mustang part of the name is the whole identifier, you know. Yeah, unfortunately. That wild means wild no matter what, what it is, then that's a wild horse, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the problem kind of escalated when the BLM started promoting their adopt-a-horse stuff. You know, I mean, it, yeah, existed, I it existed to some point until that time, but people weren't so Mustang as a Mustang type of thing as they are nowadays. It's just 
pretty much automatic that, I mean, I'm sure you've been asked too, Julie. Oh, you raise wild horses, don't you? Oh yeah, where's the where were they adopted from? Um, mm-hmm. Do yeah. they have do they have the brands on their necks? You know, and I have I'm continually telling them, explaining that they these are not the same horses. Right. So, yeah, they, yeah, you know they look at you like you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. And I have I had a little girl recently contact me, and she. She was interested in two of the horses that I have on my website, mm-hmm. and she she wanted to get into barrel racing and a few other things, you know. And she wanted to know what I thought their size would be when they grew up. Right. And um, I told them that I told her that I had I didn't have a horse on my place over fourteen two. That the largest horse I own is about fourteen right. two. Mm-hmm. So she says, "Oh well, thank you for your time." Yeah. <laughs> so she was. Thinking that the the um, you know a lot of the beyond horses are bigger than that, right? And she just assumed that ours were too. Mm-hmm. So. Well, they are. Yeah. They go to the wrong place, but I don't generally. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Some people are trying to breed for size, which of course isn't one of the breed type characteristics of Spanish. Well, no, know. and it actually it destroys the breed in the long run because. When you're, you know, just breeding for one thing like that, you destroy other traits. Yeah, you do. That's right. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the sad thing, too, is you breed out all that. Like you had said before, they're, they're a different horse when you have to train them, and the reason for that is is, is that they're of their background and where they come from. And when you start to breed that out, they just start becoming like every other horse. Yep. You know? and, no uh, personality, no horse, really. Yeah, they're just not the same, you know. I, I think mm-hmm. all horses have some sort of personality. I've seen it, but it's not the same. I, I can't. I, I wish I could find a way to describe it, you know, that a person could really understand it. But you just have to be around them to see it, and just one day is not enough. No, but, you uh, know, when they, man does like he's done with so many breeds win and breeds them basically to put up with him, which means take the edge off, you know, all this wonderful brain and all this jazz, they destroy some of the personality by doing that. Yeah. If you think about it, when they inflict that dullness in there, then you you can't help but lose personality. Right. Just like too much size causes a loss of some type, so. Right. Yeah, causes physical problems. Well, you lose the Spanish type that you're looking for. You know, you um, the hip changes, the shoulder changes, the neck changes, the head changes. I mean, you Everything. just lose type, yeah. 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 So preservation means something different, I guess. It to, does, really, you know. Yeah. I know what it means to me, and I know what it means to you, Sharon. But um, I have this argument a lot. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you tell can you tell the listeners um can you kind of halfway explain chondrial DNA to them uh they I, a lot of people just aren't getting it they think they can take um hair or whatever and trace the the male line back and maybe you can explain it better than I tried to well I will try but I'm certainly not any expert on it either <laughs> and I still bumble through it but what they checking when they're checking like the 
for instance, if the horse goes back to Soraya, they do what they call the mitochondrial DNA, which is carried on the female side only. And this is always passed from mother to daughter on down, always to daughters. It will pass to the son, but he cannot pass it on. It's run strictly through the female line. So say I've got a horse that DNA's out like she came back from a Soraya, all the way back to whoever came from Spain and all their ancestors. It has come down through that whole line. But it stops, like I said, with the son. He's got it, but he can't pass it. They have not yet figured out a way, as far as I know, track the uh, DNA down through the male side. Hmm. Interesting. They are working on a test at Texas A&M, and a lot of our horses have blood in that program. I mean, our horses are the program. Right. But they haven't finished that test yet. No, well, this original deal of figuring out, running it down through the female line, a lot of that was done at that uh, uh, pretty big, and it's in spite of the fact being that it's well-known, it's over in Germany, and I can't think of the name of it, but a lot of that was accomplished over there, and they still haven't come out with anything either. To, mm-hmm. Well, nobody has anywhere with anything, male line on anything, actually. Right. So let me ask you then, does that mean that if you have a Gruya stallion that he can't pass, I mean, if you have a, sorry, Soraya stallion, he can't pass the Soraya traits on? He could pass on the traits, but not his D, his DNA. The mitochondrial DNA has got to come from the mother. Okay. So so then is he truly a Soraya-type horse? Yes, he Absolutely. still is. If he's a Soraya, he is a Soraya. It's just mm-hmm. that his particular traceable DNA has got to pass on the mare side. Oh, okay. So what health. you're saying is is it something that that particular thing they can use to trace with, just they can't figure out how to find it in the stallion as well. Yeah, they can't. Trace it back to stallion. Okay, okay, I understand that. Okay, and a lot of Sharon's, a lot of Sharon stallions that are Soraya type stallions um, have DNA mares in their background. Mm-hmm. She strives to breed um, every generation in as Soraya type. So the stallions have um, the look. You know, there's no doubt when you look at them. They're, right. They're, yeah. That they have that look, and they just can't. If you pull their hair, they can't. They wouldn't be able to find it. I see. Okay. So right. what happens yeah. is, is it's through the it's through the mare. So then that means you really want to encourage mares. Then is, is that what it means? I mean, I'm... well, actually, besides just the blood type, you know, like we were just talking about type, you've got to have that too, you know. And there has been discussion about. For instance, let's go back to Buckshot. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he couldn't, you know, pass any blood of any, you know. But if you a guy looked at him really good, you know, and you could see old pictures and particularly old 8-millimeter film of him, you could see Soraya characteristics. Right. You know, and the, you know, the way to explain that is, you know, it, he still goes back to Soraya, even though he can't. He doesn't carry the blood and can't pass it on. He, there was stuff back there to give him those characteristics, or he wouldn't have them, blood type or no. 
Right. Now, what about Little Bex or Mexicali Rose or whatever? I mean, what about that? She's a different, um, she doesn't trace back to. No, she's a D1, which is, there, there's two Iberian types that aren't Soraya, D1 and D3. <coughs> Little Mex and the Mexicali Rose line are all D1s. And I think uh, what you got there when you got Little Mex is because Mexicali Rose was bred to Buckshot, who definitely had Soraya characteristics of his own, and your result was oh. Little Max. Okay. Gotcha. So even if he, even if his, uh, the mare produces from him another uh, a filly, uh, it, it, she can't, that, it's not passed on through him at all, even to a, even to a female horse. The blood right. no. Uh-uh. It's just like, okay, my old mare, Kawea, Shadow's mother, she's right. the other Iberian type, which is a D3. Now, of course, all her daughters are D3s. Now, she passed her D3 to all of her sons, but like I said, this is where it stops because they can't pass it. Huh. They, He is, you know, Shadow is the same thing as his mother, but he cannot pass that on. But he can pass the, the Soraya traits on. Right. Uh-huh. And Everything that's what we want when we're right. in in that kind of a breeding program. You want the stallions to be traded as much as the mares, even though they're not going to be able to trace the, like, you know, the DNA. Right. Yeah, you want them yeah. traded right. as much as possible. But it is the mares that you're able to follow back through the bloodline. Is right. The but so the, the mares end- actually become really very important in a way. The interesting thing is the Little Mex line is the one probably with the most representative offspring out there, you know, as far as the Spanish Mustang registry goes. And she doesn't carry it. You know, like I said, she's a D1. She carries Mm -hmm. Iberian traits. But now the ones that the two markers for, you know, for Soraya, now not, not everything that carries a Soraya marker, you know, that says it goes back to Soraya looks like it either you know just being bred and having that Soraya marker does not necessarily make you a Soraya Mustang it just means that's you carry true. the marker right it just means that it's a trade in there that could be passed on she could pass it on and then result in a Soraya type horse well probably not if she's not even Soraya type herself when it right. just oh, means that she's, I got it. it means she's traceable back she's more proof that Sarayas were here Right. You know, you've got your naysayers that, well, how can you prove? To me, this is darn good proof. Yeah, yes. it's, it's proof to me, too. Yeah, because, yeah, a DNA test is definitely a good mm-hmm. sound basis, scientific sure. sound basis, yeah. But I think what what Sharon kind of means, and I, I immediately start thinking of uh, um, the, oh, the young, uh, what was it, young fox and buffalo gal, okay, the buffalo gal young fox daughters um, are DNA or Soraya DNA, but none of them really look it because they've got the that blue sequoia look about them, you know. Right. Um, but they're and like uh, what was that other one? That was one of the daughters too, right? Uh, country music. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, look at her. I mean, she doesn't look to write at all. 
but I'm sure bred to the right stallion, she would probably. Um, yeah, she would have, I think. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, when you're looking for good Soraya type, because, I mean, of course, you know, you'd like to have the DNA too. But I think you got to look beyond color. Yeah, I think you have to look at body type. Because a lot of, some of that stuff, you know, out of both Little Thing and Blue Corn, which are the two carriers of the Soraya DNA, you, there's a lot of roans in those lines, for one thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, through the years, well, actually, neither one of those mares looked that much Soraya, if you think about it. Right. But a lot of times, if you keep breeding for it, they can they can help. Uh huh. Beyond just the blood typing. Right. Right. Well, I know Josie produced uh, several really typey of daughters. Mm-hmm. And she was a sequoia full full sister, and she she certainly didn't look the part, you know. Um, but yet she, like chemo, for instance, would take the the white off of her baby. Um, there was another stallion that uh, she had a beautiful filly here, uh, Soraya type, and she. Uh, so you know, bred to the right horse, she would have the, those very typey, tradey babies. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know, and you know, you're lucky when you find that because. You don't always find the right one. Mm-hmm. So what you guys are saying really is that that is, you know, we talk about the economy today and how things are tight, people aren't buying horses. But really in, in our concept of saying that we're for pres- the preservation of the Spanish Mustang, really we need to continue to breed in order to uh, continue these these lines. I mean, would that be the final analysis I mean, you could make from what you guys are talking about? Uh, to a point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, you've got to have the, to preserve the horses, you've got to keep breeding them. But I think one thing that, I don't know how to say this the right way, I basically just say it. Uh, not everybody's breeding for Spanish type, if you follow what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's not necessarily good to have everybody breeding. Right. Some of the old, the older foundation, some of the older foundation blood is getting kind of thin because those, especially in the mare lines, you know, they're getting older and we're losing them. Uh-huh. But uh, and it's really hard for like if you're preserving Soraya type Mustangs and somebody else is preserving something else and they have a serious uh, a serious breeding program going on, the market the way it is is not helping. <laughs> no. Because in order to keep those projects viable, <laughs> we have to be able to sell some horses. So mm-hmm. it, it isn't, it's not the greatest situation for preservation of these rare um, types. Especially when nobody knows anything about them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. It isn't That's, like trying yeah. to preserve some rare tiger or something, you know what I mean? I mean, it, it is, but it isn't. Everybody's heard of the rare tiger. Right. Hello? Hello? I think she got cut off. <laughs> we 
just lost Sharon. <laughs> yeah, we did. Okay. So well, click. well, let's hold on a second and see if she calls back and we can finish okay. up. Okay. Um, yeah. But meanwhile, we can just talk. But she's right in that case is, is that um, I think because of the factor that we we now hear about these the Mustang horses of the West and all of these BLM horses that people really think that there's all these horses out there and they don't really understand when you say preservation of the Spanish Mustang. Um, again, they get confused by the word Mustang and we end up in a, you know, a, a situation where they say, what do you mean preserve them? There's thousands of them out there, you know. And they're, they're just, they don't get it. Yeah. So I'm hoping these, um, these podcasts will educate a few people and, and let them understand that our Spanish Mustangs have nothing to do with the BLM wild horses out there right now. They're just wild horses. That's yeah. all they are. And I think what we really hope, especially through our websites, um, is that people will start to just look at the pictures. We're, we're really trying with, with the website that's the companion to the radio show, SpanishMustangWorld.com. We're really trying to get lots of pictures up. And uh, we hope in the future we have a, we have a little flash interactive on a breed type. Uh, but we're going to now uh, next you month guys. have stuff on... Hi, there she is. Okay, she's back. I was yeah. talking to you, and all of a sudden I was cut off. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, just, we just waited. It's happened to us, yeah. too. <laughs> uh-huh. But, yeah, we were just telling people that, uh, you know, hopefully by going to the websites and looking at the pictures and keep looking at the pictures, they'll learn an awful lot, especially with the new stuff that we're doing, where we're trying to show them what that this stuff looks like so that they can, anyone can finally be able to go out there and look at a bunch of horses and know whether or not they're Spanish Mustangs or not. And hopefully that will help. Um, you know, the more that they can see the horse and see what they look like, see the differences in color pattern. A lot of people identify horses by color, and they never they think color marks what breed it is, and they just don't understand. So yeah. we are hoping to make people more aware of that, that when we say Spanish Mustangs, we're talking about a breed type, but we're not a color breed. Right. You know. Absolutely. Um, and so there's a wide. We're talking today. We're talking about the Soraya type, which is, has also a color pattern to it. You know, it's a color type of horse, but that there's different color horses, but they're all still Spanish Mustangs because of their breed type. Well, yeah. Right. But they, the Soraya type Mustangs um, don't just because they're Gria or Dun don't necessarily make all Gria Dun Soraya type. That's right, Julie. Absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point. You know, because like even Dave and I were out riding yesterday, and we passed, you know, because we pass a lot of ranches on our ride, and uh, you see all these horses, and if you if you think that, and you you look out there, you see a lot of color patterns that look very close, um, but you have to learn to look past that and look at the horse itself. And I know as a Spanish Mustang owner myself of six years, it's only recently. Uh, that I've really have been able to to see uh, and look and say I can see the difference, you know. Even if the horse I'm looking at doesn't have a Spanish Mustang next to it for comparison, I can I can look at the things that that define the horse's uh, characteristics, and I can look at another horse and say no, those characteristics aren't there, and tell you why, which ones they are. Um, and I think that's what's important. If we can educate uh, just horse people and also the people who just love horses in general, so that when they look at breed books and things, they start looking for our horses and uh, look right. to identify them. Well, know. here's one on type for you guys both. You'll appreciate this, Joey. Mm-hmm. 
as far as leaving color out of it, as far as type goes, Troubleshooter is very good Soraya type. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> and he's an Belusa. Yeah. I know. I would really prefer he had a little more hair on his mane and tail, but, you know, for the most part, yeah, I agree. (laughs) That's what makes him him, though. But I know know. what he means. I mean, you know, especially the the frame, you know, he's got that sleek frame. You're right. If we we just changed his colors, he'd look very much so, wouldn't he? Yes, he would. Mm -hmm. He would, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the best. You you have uh, a daughter of his that, is excellent Soraya type, don't you? Yes, I was just going to say that. I have a brilliant oh. <laughs> daughter of his out of uh, the Little Mex line. And, huh. and she is gorgeous. Which Maybe we could get a picture of her for the website. Is, yeah. is now, is that, is that uh, Bratley? Oh, no, Bratley's a boy. Oh, Bradley's a boy. I'm sorry. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, use him to define what kind of breed type he's working with. <laughs> Bradley is Shadow Shadow Mountain Mist. Yes. Okay. Um, so which one is she? Which which? Uh, she's down at Edmont. Yeah. She's one of the grooves in that big pasture down there. Okay, so we'll have to, uh, not in Mary Hardy. In Mary oh, Hardy's no, uh-uh. Oh, okay. In the no, other at country. Edgemont. In Edgemont, okay. Uh, yeah, then we'll have to get. Yeah, we will have to get pictures of her then. Um, well, her name is her... is Raya. Actually, couldn't right. call her Soraya because in the stud book, somebody it was a chestnut or something. Somebody named a horse that color Soraya. Oh my gosh! When I saw that, that I thought worse than that, Joey. Yeah. Well, what about uh, her mother? What's her mother's name? Mirage. Oh, it's Mirage, okay. Yeah, full sister to Chemo and Silver and Bratley. Right, yeah. So, so, so the she mother... that DNA gene. No. N- no. No. Huh. She, she does. The mother. No. Nope. She no? carries a Spanish gene, D1, oh. but not oh, okay. Iberian, but no DNA, you know, not the Soraya DNA. Huh. Mirage is, is a full sister to Bratley. Yep. Okay, okay. I'll have to have Dave point her out to me the next time we're there, and I'll get pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of horses, obviously, that we don't have pictures of, and hopefully a lot of our listeners who own uh, Spanish Mustangs will start sending pictures into our website so that uh, yeah, we can nice. use those. Yeah, because to have a collection of horses just um, that we're constantly showing and, and rotating like that, you know, not so much as the registry does it, but... Um, uh, especially, you know, just the horses at at at, at liberty and being ridden and, and doing things, you know, because that's how most people see them. I mean, very few people actually see horses just out in their pastures and stuff. They see them at rodeos. They see them at uh, at fairs. They see them at parades. You know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's that's how you know. Is he? You know, you, you sometimes I know with with some of my I mean, with my horses, you put a saddle on them, and they look pretty different than they do when they're just just. Uh, loose, you know. Yeah, okay. they really do. So you know, to give them identifiers like that is 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 important. So it's not something a registry uh, would want, but it's something that uh, they put the general public to start to identify. But I think if we can win, you know, we can win over the general public's interest, then uh, the horse world will also start to take interest. They'll follow because they they always like to have the. Uh, approval of the general public about their horses. Well, they do, but first it's going to take for that
that to happen, I'm afraid it's going to take some big, important person. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be an easy task. It, yeah. Nope. The, but uh, if we don't start it, we will, it'll be even a bigger task as the years go by. So, <laughs> right. We've got to start it sometime and hopefully keep it going is what we hope over time. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sharon, what was that first horse's name that you got from Gilbert? Uh, Pistol Bridges. Pistol Bridges? Yeah, I didn't get her directly from Gilbert. Oh, okay. I got her from the gallon Colorado. Uh, what was the breeding on it, on her? Uh Wallapai Sioux and Kiowa Chief. Oh, okay. Oh. Yep. Well, guys, we're just a little over, but we made okay. up with Darren disappeared there for a bit. So. Okie doke. And hopefully we'll talk about all this stuff again. And uh, yep. so we'll get ready to wind up the show here. So. Um, so just for the general public, Spanish Mustang Radio has launched its companion website, www.com. SpanishMustangWorld.com. The site's dedicated to educating the horse-loving public about the Spanish Mustang horse. We hope you'll visit and see as well as hear about these wonderful horses. Um, for being our guest tonight, and thanks, Jolie, for running the controls and helping with the questions. And uh, we'll see you all in two weeks. Uh, we'll have a show on why own a Spanish Mustang. So if you're thinking of buying a horse or wondering if you ever will buy one and why you should... Buy a Spanish Mustang, tune on in, and you might find something that interests you. Good, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.